Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Jumpstart. My name is Kim Venegas. In today's episode, I'll share what I learned from the book, Seven Steps to a Language-Rich Interactive Classroom. So it's a book talk. It's loaded with bite-sized teacher and student strategies that will raise the level of engagement and vocabulary in your classes. This title isn't specific to multilingual learners. The book is for everyone. What's good for language learners is good for all learners. While the book is 178 pages, the seven steps are spread across only 100. Doable, readable, and no, I'm not collecting any royalties for sharing the book title. Kudos to John Seedlitz and Bill Perryman for writing the book. Because nothing in education fits neatly into one box, I'm using the author's chapter titles, their suggestions, and also sharing what I've learned from experience. First step, teach students what to say when they don't know what to say. In the first days with a new student, I want them to be comfortable with bathroom, water, eat, sick. It's helpful to have a cheat sheet of pictures for these ideas. From day one, students can point to a picture and you can prevent bathroom accidents. You can provide a bottle of water for them. You can show them what time they will eat lunch and what time they will go home. And you or a student in your class can direct them to the nurse if they feel sick. If possible, I assign a buddy who speaks the same language to support them early on. Perhaps a day, a week, a month, longer. That's your professional decision. If there's no one else in the class with their language, reach out to other classes and grades. We've been lucky. We've been able to enlist older students to help new students feel more comfortable. Choosing someone to welcome all new students is a great idea too. All students have the same questions. Bathroom, eat, outside, and go home. After pointing to pictures, teach them the words for the pictures. Single words are fine. They are communicating. Let's move on to using complete sentences. Step two, have students speak in complete sentences. Teach them, with translating help from a student or Google, how to say, I like, I want, I need. Provide sentence stems on their desk and practice with them. Everybody knows food, so I use pictures of food often to begin using complete sentences. I like, blank, I don't like, blank. Find appropriate pictures for things they may need or want. Band-aid, tissue, water, book, pencil, paper, crayons, family. All students need to practice speaking in complete sentences. Of course, it's easier to answer questions with, uh, because, but we aren't teaching students just to speak. We're also teaching them to write. Speaking in complete sentences sets the groundwork for writing in complete sentences. More in step seven. Who, when, and where are the easiest questions to ask of students as they can usually locate a name, a time or date, or place of an event. Provide sentence stems or leaves if you think in pictures, since the stem actually becomes the blank that they fill in. Step three, randomize and rotate when calling on students. It takes time to feel comfortable in a classroom. New students, whether multilingual learners or not, may sit quietly listening and hoping you don't call on them. Of course, we want them to feel comfortable, but eventually we need to invite them to participate. Easy questions at first, but suppose they aren't sure. How can we scaffold for them? We need to teach them what to say. Maybe they need a lifeline to call on a friend. May I ask a friend? Tell me more. I don't understand blank. 
We don't want them to opt out day after day with a shrug or saying, I don't know. Provide an anchor chart of appropriate words to use when they need support. This works for every student, language learner, struggling learner, gifted learner, shy learners. Another strategy you've probably already used is telling a student to listen to another student's answer, and then you will ask them the same question. I've used it for students who struggle learning the content, yet I want their participation in class. A student who isn't called on may learn not to engage with the class or the content. Students often surprise us. They are ready to participate before we think they are. Multilingual learners are not without experiences and knowledge. They just need the English words to communicate what they know. Are you worried that a student will always rely on classmates to help? When you feel confident that they know, offer them a few minutes to think about it and come back to them. Your confidence in a student will bring about confidence for the student as well. I agree with the author's expectations of students learning content and language side by side. Knowing how much we need to teach each day and how much students need to learn each day, the authors teach us to keep the pace of the class moving during think time by asking students to turn and talk with their neighbor, sharing the information learned. The authors propose using a three-step process, ask the question, give wait time, and use index cards or popsicle sticks to call on students. Avoid using who can tell me as this narrows the field of students who will answer. We've all had students who can answer any question we ask and the rest of the students sit back, thankful that number one knows everything. Step four, use total response signals to check for understanding. Total response signals are simply hand or body motions. In most classrooms, we use thumbs to show understanding of yes, I understand, I sort of understand, or not at all. We may use crossed fingers to show we need the restroom. Maybe you've taught students to raise a pencil if they need a new one. You could play a game of Simon Says. Even your older students will love the change in routine as they welcome a new student. Teachers can learn to talk with their hands. Some teachers like to use sign language and words in their classroom. Sit down, stand up, let's go, come with me, time to eat, go sharpen, I'm sad, I'm hungry. I've used my hands to show how Earth's plates come together, how a seed sprouts. When students begin to connect English words to meaning, they begin to grow as a learner. Imagine walking into your first day of school in, let's say, China. Of course, everything you hear and see is spoken and written in Chinese. Your first concern might be where the bathroom is, but then you wonder what time is lunch, what time will your family pick you up, or where you can get a drink of water. It helps to put ourselves in their shoes and think about what they will need first. Create a desktop chart of hand signals and pictures, easily done with Canva and maybe free pics from TPT. I'm working on an ebook to share this resource. Stay tuned. Step five, use visuals and vocabulary strategies that support your objectives. Pictures, videos, labels, and captions, graphic organizers too. A caution. When teaching your students to use a particular organizer, let's say a Venn diagram for comparing and contrasting, stay with it. If you keep the organizer consistent, students can continue to learn content without the added burden of learning how to use a new organizer. Developing enough vocabulary around content requires two words per lesson. 
Too many new words and it all becomes a blur. Fewer than two and students' ability to speak and write doesn't grow as it can. Teachers may have specific words they want students to learn. Find the word, pronounce the word, show a diagram or picture of the word if it's a noun, or find a video that describes and details the word. The first word that comes to mind is pollution. Show students what different types of pollution look like. Air, water, land, noise, light. Another option is to have students scan the page or article they are reading. Circle words or use post-its to mark unfamiliar words. In all grades, it's important to use word walls for content-specific language. Again, words plus symbols or pictures will help understanding for all students, not just our multilingual learners. These open the door to comparing and contrasting how concepts and things are alike and different. Vocabulary matters so much in learning. Name it. Be specific. No stuff, no things. Step six. Have students participate in structured conversations. Always be intentional in your pairings of students. One partner needs to be fluent and a good model of English, willing to support and teach words. Fortunately, most children love to help others. Helping makes them smile on the inside and on the outside. Early on, the structured conversation between two people can piggyback on learning the phrase, I like. Provide written sentence stems and model how to talk with one another. Pictures can be food, of course, but also sports, movies, television shows, clothing, weather, music. Can you match it to content? Are you teaching geography and landforms? If students already have experience using the language of landforms, they can tell why they like the mountains, why they like the beach. The more language they learn, the more complex this activity begins. I like the mountains because... The authors share a strategy called QSSSA for structured conversations. Question, signal, stem, share, assess. I'll ask you to Google it for more details, but it's rich. It's rich like a hot fudge sundae in terms of academic achievement. Working in groups, students are engaged and enthusiastic and end the activity knowing more than when they began. Step seven, have students participate in structured reading and writing activities. Take everything you've learned so far and apply it to reading and writing. To scaffold reading, supply video or photos from the time period. Label important elements. What do you notice? Provide an accommodated text or find the reading outline with an audio component. Many platforms now highlight the words as they are read aloud. Good first steps. Buddy reading. Two people read together with a purpose in mind. Find, locate, discuss. An elementary strategy but useful for upper grades as well is somebody wanted but so. Clear setup for understanding conflict and how problems are solved. Most movies are structured this way, and it's an easy jump to text. Somebody, Buzz Aldrin, wanted to take the first step on the moon, but Neil Armstrong was in the closest seat, so Neil's name is forever remembered with first steps on the moon. This is only one version of why Neil walked first. There are others. Structured writing activities may include sentence stems and paragraph frames. Teachers may use a mentor text and replace significant story elements or use sentences to model complex and compound sentences. 
Collaborative writing, where two or three students work together on a written text, is a great way to improve writing for all. More engaging than writing alone. If two teachers model collaborative writing, students observe the struggle in getting it right, so to speak. The authors mention expert writing. Students take on the role of an expert about something they know. In fourth and fifth grade classrooms, we've created expert calendars. Once students choose a topic, say sports cars, candy, different breeds of dogs, they create an outline to include 12 types of, well, you get the idea. The project was personally meaningful, yet we taught topic sentences and details within a paragraph frame. The element of drawing or adding pictures to the calendar held their interest when the writing floundered here and there. At the end of the project, each student had a calendar for the next year, personally meaningful. Near the end of the book, the authors explain that the seven steps are based on four key ideas with the acronym TIPS. T, total participation. I, incorporate content-specific vocabulary. P, promote literacy and language development. And S, scaffolding for struggling students. This book includes help on writing a language objective in contrast to writing content objectives. There's a section in the back on higher order thinking skills, as well as 25 pages of activities for putting it all together. This might be my favorite section. The best learning often comes from a fellow teacher, someone who has created and improved an activity for a lesson. Thanks so much for listening. Subscribe, follow, and share with fellow teachers. See you next time.